Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. And a happy Friday to you, my friend. It is the end of the week. August the 5th, can you believe it? First week of August, almost in the can. I guess uh, all the kids will be going back to school pretty soon, won't they? Most of them. You got people going to college and the, a few of them, the high school and all that. Some of them. That's right. That's what's going to be happening. That is that time of year. And when that happens, you and I will still be sitting here talking about the text. But you know what? I bet more people will be listening because we'll be back be into the commute. They'll be commuting back yeah, and forth right. to school. That's so right. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll get to have some of these conversations. But we love those who have stayed with us through the summer. Of course, you can always jump in on the conversations, the uh, Text Talk group at Facebook, or send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. So today, Edwin, we're wrapping up uh, James chapter 1. We are wrapping up James chapter 1, but before we do that, yeah. as the end of the week, let's also remember, Sunday's coming. Oh, it is. We would love for folks who are here in the Tampa area to come see us. Yeah. We're going to be meeting on Sunday. You can get all the times and location information at I, our website. I happen to know that this Sunday, Peyton Roth will be preaching. Well, that's if if the Lord wills and the creek don't rise. Yeah, that's right. The plan is Peyton will be preaching this Sunday. Yeah. and uh, So come out and hear a good sermon. Yeah, absolutely. So... Go to christiansmeethere.org to get the times and location on that. Now, I'm going to wrap up James chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That was the English Standard Version of those last couple of verses here in James chapter 1. So we were talking a little bit yesterday about how sometimes this book has a flavor of Proverbs for some people, and how you've got this, uh, what I see more, and what you, you were agreeing with me, is an awful lot of the Sermon on the Mount uh, being kind of recast and taught again here. But I would say this is probably one of those places where it feels a little proverbial, uh, this uh warning, I guess, about bridling the tongue and, you know, our, our speech, uh, where we, maybe we got to read a little bit closer to see, okay, well, how does the, how does the theme kind of work through here as we have been uh, reading about the, the word of God, sure. right? And being a hearer and also a doer of the word of God. Well, a few verses earlier, he had talked, as he commented on the word, we really didn't say much about this verse yesterday, and probably folks were wondering why we didn't. Um, really, it was just because we were talking about other aspects. But everybody oh, knows true. the verse in chapter 1 and verse 19, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all had heard sermons about interpersonal communication and relationships with people about how, boy, it's so much better if in our relationships we are quick to hear, slow to speak, Mm -hmm. slow to anger. Mm -hmm. However, here in James, he's not talking about interpersonal relations. I think that's a fine sermon. I think that's true when it comes to our relations. Here's a great great three-point thing that will help us in our relationships. But here he's actually talking about our relationship with God Mm -hmm. and our relationship with the Word. Mm -hmm. And our relationship with the Word is to be quick to hear. Hear the Word of God. I need to hear the Word of God. It is by His Word of truth that we are brought forth brought to life as a kind of first fruits of his creatures, but I need to be quick to hear it. Mm -hmm. But then he goes on, and this is the part we dealt with mostly yesterday, not only to hear it, but also to do it. Okay? 
But remember, there was that second statement. Not only be quick to hear, but be slow to, to speak. speak. And now, in verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue. Yeah. Well, that's... Slow to speak. That's being slow to speak. Yeah, it is. That's, that's bringing my speech under control. In my relationship with God, I need to be quick to hear what God says, and I need to be slow to speak my own ideas. I, I need to listen to him rather than trying to inform him. Well, mm. God, I really think you should do it this way, or I don't like this, which, of course, leads to the anger. Yeah. He's going to talk more—he talks more about anger as he highlights that anger of man does not produce the righteousness, righteousness of, of God. God. We need to, to, to move away from that. But here it does connect. He has said, be slow to speak. And now he says, because if you're not slow to speak, your religion is worthless. Yeah. If, if you're wanting to fill the airwaves with your ideas, with your approaches, with what you think is best, rather than allowing God's word to govern what you say, your religion is worthless. And I, I see that uh, connection with the Word of God, particularly in verse 21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. There's the hearing of the Word of God as it is implanted, but also some doing there, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you're supposed to lay aside all filthiness and mm-hmm. you're supposed to lay aside wickedness. And so there are things in our lives that as we are taught by the Word of God, this is filthy, this is wicked, uh, to separate ourselves from that, whether that's re- repentance, right? Changing things, mm-hmm. yeah, that we uh, take his word instead. Yeah, do what he says, yeah, say what he says, don't get angry about what God says, but practice it, practice it, love it, live it, learn it, all of those things. He said, then we're going to have useful religion, which then he leads into this next part of this. Yeah. Again, it's kind of a, it's kind of a hinge. He's connected back to that word that we need to listen to and not speak against. Right. And now he's okay. Now here's some things that you need to do. Pure and undefiled religion before God, the father is this. Hey, isn't religion a bad word? <laughs> I thought it wasn't about a religion. I thought it's all about a relationship. <laughs> Sorry about the curveball there. Says, but I got to tell ball. you, I, I, when I come across this verse, it is a corrective for me. I think I understand the sincerity of heart where people are saying religion's bad. We just need Jesus. False religion is bad. Yes. Okay. There is a true religion. There is a pure and undefiled religion. And James says we need it. That's what yes. we got to have. That's what comes from the word of God. So I, I, I guess I just would appreciate a little more nuance. Yes. From yeah. my brothers and sisters. Yes. Uh, when it comes to this word religion. There's there's my pet peeve. We got under your skin earlier this week. We and, did. Now and we, now we hit on yours. one of mine. I guess, I don't know, man. Maybe I need a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you need a vacation from the vacation. From the vacation, I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like I'm a little you, tense. You weren't gone long enough. <laughs> the yes, so we're supposed to do what he says, and the doing here, the pure, the undefiled religion, is not about here's all the rituals. Mm-hmm. Here's all the rote practices. He says pure and undefiled religion is not show up. Uh, kill this animal, make sure you've washed your hands, uh, make sure right. you've dressed a certain way, make sure you've bowed your head a certain way. The pure and undefiled religion is about the fact that we have been impacted, we have been changed in two ways. One, 
to visit the widows and orphans in their affliction, mm-hmm. and two, to remain unstained from the world. Mm-hmm. Now what, okay, now here's a pet peeve of mine. We're just going to get into all kinds of them here. Well, and would you add, I didn't mean it, but would you add the whole bridling of the tongue with that as well? As, oh, certainly it's pick, part of it. You know, I'm looking at verse yeah, 26, so there's the three and things. it kind of seems to start with the language. Well, uh, certainly when we get to chapter 3, we're going to see how that all fits right, in with this. Right, right. But I really, he does set off these two, mm-hmm. and here's my pet peeve, is that folks look at this one verse and pull it completely out of the Scripture, take it as just in a vacuum, and they miss it within the context, because really... Is this not just another way to describe the two greatest commandments? Love, love the Lord, Lord your God, God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying in, in opposite order here, as James has it recorded. But don't be friends with the world. Don't be Keep stained by the world. the world. He's actually going to come back to that in yes, James 4. And in James 4, well, it's about not being friends with the world. It's yeah. about loving God and not committing spiritual adultery with the world. Well, I was going to say, and in James 4, it is a rebuke because yes. these Christians, these 12 tribes, are obviously erring in that way. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then the caring for the widows and orphans in their affliction, uh, that's the idea of loving your Na- neighbor. For, for these Jewish Christians who grew up under the law, mm-hmm. had they listened to the law and the prophets, they would have seen that loving your neighbor as yourself, from Leviticus 19, I think about verse 18, somewhere right around in there, that loving your neighbor as yourself was the idea of caring for those who are around you yeah. that were afflicted. Yes. And, and one of the supreme examples of that was dealing with the widows and the orphans who no longer had a husband or a father to care for them. And so they would visit them in their affliction. But here it is again. He takes the supreme example of loving your neighbor and says, this this is pure and undefiled religion. He's really going back to his brother's teaching, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. He's actually going to come back to this in chapter two. His big example about Mm -hmm. living by faith and practicing faith is going to be if you see a brother or sister who is lacking food and lacking clothing, and you say to them, go and be warmed and be filled, but you don't do anything to care for them, Mm -hmm. to visit them in their affliction, what use is your faith? It's right back to this. That faith is doing you absolutely no good. Your religion is useless. It's, It's this exact same point. And very similar to the judgment scene that Jesus paints in Matthew chapter 25. Yes. Right? You know, that uh, the, the, the people asked, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself, as much as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Lord, when did we see you yeah. in this situation? Well, as much as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So here we have this pure and undefiled religion is keeping the two greatest commandments. It also makes me think, and I, I think there is a... A, a prophetic background to James, as I pointed out earlier. I do see the wisdom literature background, but the prophets really, mm. James really takes up the voice of the prophet, especially with some of the rebukes. But you go back to Isaiah 58. In Isaiah chapter 58, the people are crying out, why have you seen our fasting and not taken notice of it? Why has mm-hmm. our fasting not worked? Mm-hmm. And God says, well, what is the fasting that I've asked of you? Is it is it that you would clothe yourselves in sackcloth and ashes? Is it that you bow your head and bend over like a reed? Is the fasting I've asked asked of you about the ritual, about the, the ritual of fasting and the way your body looks and how you dress and the, uh, the, yeah. the, the posture that you use. No, he says, that's not what it's about. What it was about was for you to be changed. You, the fasting that you're doing was supposed to turn you into a person that's compassionate 
for people who don't have enough. Yeah. When, when you separated yourself from the things, the blessings that I've given you, and you voluntarily said, you know, today I'm going to forego that, you learned what it was like to go a day without food, and therefore you learn how to be compassionate oh, to mercy. those who are in need. Yeah. Now, he, he does also get to keeping the Sabbath mm-hmm. in that, which is about loving God. But in Isaiah 58, it's this exact same background. He says, you, you guys have the idea that religion is make sure you get to the temple, wash your hands, wear the right clothes, do the fast yeah. on the right days. I'm telling you, this was about changing you and about you becoming more like God. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's the powerful thing that's even happening here at the end of James chapter one. Well, and that's what we want. We want to be like God. Yeah. yeah. Unstained like from the world. Unstained from the world. Visiting folks in their affliction. Because isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus Amen. came and he visited us mm-hmm. in our affliction. He cared for us. He sacrificed himself for us in our affliction. And he maintained being unspotted, unstained from the world. Absolutely. And sure. pull the curtain back a little bit. That is going to connect to the briling of the tongue in James 3, because he's going to talk about the tongue being a world of iniquity that stains the entire body. He he does connect all of this together. What a fantastic week. Look at James 1. I love this book. This is one of my favorite books to study, to read. So I'm excited that we're talking about it. Why don't you go ahead and wrap us up in prayer? Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the week that we've had to walk through James chapter 1 together to meditate upon these words, to take it to our hearts. And we pray, Father, that we are receiving with meekness your implanted word. We, Father, want your word hidden deep in our hearts that we might know you, that we might not sin against you. Father, help us to put it into practice. Help us to bridle our tongue. Help us, Father, to look to the needs of the needy around us, that we might be a blessing to them, Father, to be your hands and to be your feet. We want to bring glory and honor to you, truly practicing the great commandment of putting you first and loving you with all, Father, and then being mindful of our neighbor and and loving them as ourselves. We pray that you might bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.